0: Welcome to Therapists Uncensored, a podcast where therapists freely speak their minds about real-life matters.
1: Welcome to Therapists Uncensored. This is part two of a conversation between Sue Marriott and Tracy Campbell on the very basics of attachment and secure relationships. If you missed part one, you might want to go back and grab it. But just in case, Tracy and Sue do a quick quick recap are you comfortable with that yeah yeah so
0: we talked about um, um, security and we were talking about or you were talking about um, if 70% of the time that we have someone who gets us right they they pay attention to us they pay attention to our needs and they're there for us 70% of the time that's that's security. Like it doesn't have to be a bunch of people; mm-hmm. it could just be one person, and, and it doesn't they don't have to, to be, be all the time. All the time, right? And that's where you said seventy percent of the time. Yeah. And then we talked. We were talking about the two different types of insecurity, and one of them was dismissive, or, or I wrote down avoidant yep. insecurity. Yeah. Right. And
2: you're talking about kids or adults.
0: Yeah, and and so that is like with the um, avoidant insecurity. Um, th- that's where. Um, you know, you fall and no one notices or you cry and no one um, comes to you and attends to you. They, the the adult or the, the um, attachment figure doesn't acknowledge your signal of distress. That's
2: right, the primary is not there enough.
0: Right, Perfect. so they miss it for some reason. They're not bad people, but yeah. for whatever reason, they miss it. Right. And so like you were saying also that if a there was a kid who who maybe goes in his room and plays with something. Right. And then when the mother leaves, the kid doesn't act like he really notices that she's gone. Right. He doesn't really react. Right. And it's not that he's given up the need to have that. Yes, It's just that he's kind of trained not to, trained himself not to. Not to express it. Not to express it. And even not
2: to feel it.
0: And even not to feel it. And these
2: kids are the ones that have given up
0: hope. Right. They've learned that they're, um, they're um, maybe, and, and another thing that I got what you were saying is that, like, maybe the mother had a mother. Right. Who, th- whose mother was not, didn't pay attention, didn't right. uh, pay attention to her needs. hmm um, right. Yeah, we
2: can, and this is not a blame game, because yeah. we could run it up the generations. Right, right, right. right, right.
0: But my point, but, my, yeah. but the way I understood it is that so rather than crawl in the mother's lap, yep. that that kid might like sit right next to the mother and play, but w- might not even look at her. You're right. Might not pretend like he like wants her attention. Right. Like. That's exactly right. Okay. Because,
2: one, that they don't, the child will not even know, as, we, as they grow up, we know this, that they don't recognize their vulnerability, they don't recognize their needs, they don't express their vulnerability and needs because they don't recognize it. They're not denying them. Mm-hmm. They don't feel them.
0: They learn to shut it off.
2: It saved their life.
0: It saved their life. Absolutely. Right.
2: It was adaptive to not feel and express their vulnerability and their needs.
0: Got it. Okay, and then the next insecurity, the second insecurity, is preoccupied or anxious insecurity, and those are um, kids that couldn't be soothed. Right. That they would, their arousal is very high. That um, they, what I found was really interesting, is when you would, you said that they would have hope, and then they would get disappointed, and then they would be hopeful again, and they would get disappointed again. And so there was this, um, they responded to inconsistency. Exactly. Um, and, so they can't,
2: they can't quite settle. Like, the person is there for them, but because they're not reliably there for them, they can't relax into the mother's arms, they can't relax into the partner's arms, because they feel like, ah, oh, you just left, so I better hang on and, and cling on, uh, or I'm gonna lose you.
0: So those are, those are people that we might think like, oh, you're so needy. Are you so clingy? Oh, yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, you earlier were identifying with this. I can completely identify there's a way that I can get right into preoccupied mode. You know, graduate students, like, or it's adaptive to get preoccupied. (laughs) Like, like, what do you want and what am I supposed to do? Oh, my God, I'm never going to get it done, you know.
0: (laughs) And I know about that part that acts out and then calms down. Right. Or that can't calm down. That can't. That can't. Right. That can't calm down. Exactly. That can't calm down, right? So acts up and can't can't calm down. Right. Yeah.
2: Because we can't settle Well, I know
0: about that part, too.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And we think that we have to be on the ceiling to get our attention when we're in that mode, right? We have to be big and loud and bold and text a thousand times. And, <laughs> like we be- and that's, that's the, we don't trust that everything's gonna be okay. The person is still there. It's a very difficult to settle into that more peaceful place of, it's kind of like the moon. You know, when the moon is gone, it's still there. We just can't see it. And if you just settle down, it'll come right back It'll reappear, or the sun.
0: Um, are these people who have given up hope?
2: No, remember the people who gave up hope are the dismissive. Got it, got it. So those dismissive folks that have given up hope, that um, they don't know they've given up hope. It's not like they're like, I really want this, but I'm not going to want it. It's, it's even before that. It, it happens at a more primitive place than that. So they don't even know they want it.
0: They don't even know they want they it. They don't know
2: they want it. At least not reliably and not consistently. They don't know
0: they want it. And the and and the it is the attachment. The
2: attachment, the primary, the relationship. So yes, I want to be. I want you as my girlfriend. But when you're staring at me while I'm typing on my computer, <laughs> I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I forget that I want it. Uh huh. I feel intruded by you as you stare at me
0: <laughs> while I'm. Can you say that in a different That That feels really important. So um, these folks get in relationships,
2: right? Um, and again, us as we, as these folks, as, this is not just these the folks dismissive. out there. Yeah. When I'm in my dismissive mode, right? Like these are not what we talked about last time. They're not um, introverts or, or anti, even introverts aren't anti-relationship by any stretch. We're not anti relationship. We want a relationship. But once we get in the relationship and somebody gets closer to us, our attachment system gets more activated. And literally, so I might be in my autonomic regulation system. What does that mean? It means I'm self soothing. I don't need anyone. I'm playing my Xbox or I'm looking at social media or I'm working on or I'm at work because. I get my goods from producing things, or from being productive, or from feeling efficient. Right? It's not. It's not um, co-regulation. I don't. So you and I are together. I'm not going to be so much turning to you, like. And I, it's not that I can't ever. It's that it's a harder journey if I'm if I'm active with my task. So as the child, it's there playing their xylophone. As the adult, it's they are. Working, let's say whatever that means. Checking their email. A secure, a secure adult is much more fluid. At like, yeah, they're fine with being okay by themselves. But when you get home, they get up and they greet you. You know, if we're together, I get up and I hug and kiss you and say, "Hey, babe, welcome home." Right? We have a reunion because we've been separated. It's natural. But if I'm more on the dismissing side, or and the way I, my personal take on. These attachment issues are, like, I don't find people in a single category. I find us more, like, we might lean towards a side or another side, or we might lean towards security. But there are lots of circumstances that can pop us into uh, dismissive mode or preoccupied mode.
0: That's interesting to know that, because I think, I thought the opposite of that.
2: Um, we're talking now more about a Sioux thought than a research thought, although there is good research to talk about attachment on a continuum instead of in the distinct categories. Mm-hmm. But what I find clinically relevant is instead of like, oh, you are preoccupied, Tracy Campbell is preoccupied, is not as helpful as when you get more preoccupied and that you might mm-hmm. tend toward that side of things, how do we paddle back towards security, both in yourself, so that you're relating to yourself securely, but also with your partner, that you're relating to him or her securely. Yeah,
0: because I feel both.
2: Exactly. That's dismissive
0: what dismissive and anxious avoidant. That, avoidant.
2: That, now, research preoccupied. Right. Pre-occupied. You know, something. You know, there's. It's easy to. Ha- it's 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 tidier from a research perspective to have it in categories or quadrants. But you know, this is what we're. I, th- I want to add to this um, data or this. Um, field about really talking about it much more on a we're not so tidy human beings are not so tidy I don't find that as clinically helpful as this concept of um, a process it's more of a process like there are moments in my relationship where I am relaxed and I'm suitable and I'm flexible and I'm more secure and there are moments in my relationship particularly for example early in a relationship or if we're having trouble or what have you that I'm gonna get more preoccupied and intrusive and instead of throwing softballs to my partner, I might throw (laughs) hardballs. Why did you, right? That's gonna be more on the preoccupied side. Or if that doesn't work, I might move over to dismissive and be like, whatever, (laughs) I don't care, do what you want.
0: Right, right.
2: So that's kind of how that sounds.
0: It does seem like we would all, many of us would be both. Or all three, and secure, too. Oh, and secure, too.
2: And what we want to do is we want to be growing our moments of security and deepening our experience of security. Right. And and growing that
1: space um, rather than, and and knowing how to do that. Now, all of you out there that may be worrying that you are forever preoccupied or dismissive, don't worry. There's very good news for you. The primary message is that you can move to a place of more and more security, and no matter where you come from, a part of you is already secure. We heal in relationships.
0: So, so being uh, dismissive right. and anxious, or anxious, and also, and also secure. So, I. Is that again, what the goal is? So Does so they have all. Exact
2: no? So. It's a way that I'm talking about it. Got it. So, Tracy, like, I, this is not Mary Ainsworth or anything like that. This isn't the, the way. What I want to add is um, I just think it's more helpful clinically. When we're in the room with somebody or when we're with our own significant others or kids or parents, that, that we could have moments of security, moments of insecurity. It would be helpful for us to know which side we're leaning towards because if we know which side we're leaning towards, we know what direction to paddle. We know where our North Star is. And there's another thing we haven't yet talked about, which is a little bit more advanced, which is the fourth category, which has to do with trauma and loss. And that's called, called not dismissive, but disorganized. So remember earlier I talked about there was an organized, um, two organized systems of insecurity, Mm -hmm. right? They're secure, first of all. Most people are secure. Right. And then those that aren't secure, we've got um, preoccupied and dismissive. And it's just a way of organizing the world, typically. It doesn't mean we stay there, but our kind of our default, we're going to probably lean, if we're insecure, we're going to lean probably in one direction and we're going to lean in another direction, typically, based on our attachment histories. Now, the. So,
0: do we all have a part of us that is secure? Does everyone have a part that's secure? Do you know a, I mean like That's
2: an interesting question. What I'm trying to propose is that because there first of all in the literature yes there's something called earned security. It doesn't matter what happened to you It matters I mentioned what,
0: that at the beginning.
2: Yes, it matters what you do with it. So for example, if I'm on the dismissive side and I begin to learn about this and I know about it, and I can begin to have empathy for myself. And I can begin to re- reconnect to my need for people and my uh, vulnerability and my expressiveness. Um, you know what's interesting? I don't move from dismissive to secure. You know what I do? I go from dismissive to preoccupied.
0: <laughs> I do, too. Well, that's And back typically. and forth.
2: Right. But it typically goes dismissive, preoccupied, secure.
0: Dismissive, preoccupied, Right. Because
2: first secure. there's no hope. Uh-huh. And then maybe there's a little hope, but now I'm scared to death, so I'm going to cling like my life depends on it onto this person. So I, go, I get preoccupied, which is why the dismissive doesn't want to deal with feelings because this, they're a big old mess. Why would you want to tap into that <laughs> tsunami? But if you have enough support, you tap into the tsunami. You begin to feel your need and your vulnerability. There's no management of it. It's crazy. So that's why you get preoccupied. But if you keep going <laughs> and you keep working, you can earn your way towards secure. Now, I don't think any, well, I don't, I don't know about what de- declarative things to say, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. <laughs> I don't think anybody is only dismissive and, and I don't think anyone's only preoccupied or even is only disorganized. So yes, an answer to your question, I think that everybody has some security and, the, um, and that we have the capacity to grow more and more security and more and more holding of relationships. We had talked about dismissive people kind of being more, when I'm more dismissive, I'm more uh, self-oriented and I take care of myself. And then when I'm more preoccupied, it's very hard for me to take care of myself. And if my other isn't there, I'm highly distressed. So I don't have that self-soothing capacity so much as you could soothe me if you'll call me or text me or email me just right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so what did you say? Dismissive is you take care of yourself. You take
2: care of yourself. Bootstraps.
0: Bootstraps. Right. 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 Dismissive is bootstraps. John Wayne. Got it
2: right? Like, we're
0: okay. we're an island. And then anxious, preoccupied. Pre-anxious.
2: Anxious. That is, you know, like the, uh, I don't know, uh, Britney Spears, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying that she is pre, but you know what I mean? Like, the high affect, I'm going to wear my bikini. I'm going to, like, do whatever I can to get my relationships and my attachment. I'm very, very focused on attachments and relationships and um, you can take care of me, and, and guess what, if I don't feel good, it's because you aren't taking care of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's because there's something wrong in the environment.
0: So then, is, is the next one, is that the... Um, the uh, Disorganized. Disorganized. Yeah, disorganized. Is that the third insecure?
2: Yeah, a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it's, it's a painful category, and it's hot. It's just a... It, it's oh, By definition, it's not as organized as the other ones but I'll tell you the research is that it's basically when people have had unresolved trauma and or loss, like if you've lost a parent and it hasn't been processed well and you haven't had enough support. Um, so I kind of think of it like think of a hardwood floor, you know, and you're going along and all of a sudden there's a part that's mushy and that maybe might fall through. And um, so, for example, you've been sexually abused or have you. You know, we might be going along fine, but then something triggers those old feelings. They're unprocessed, and so I'm going to collapse into some pretty powerful feelings of, and I'm, yeah, it gets into a whole other subject mm-hmm. of, like, liver memorax or implicit and explicit memory. We won't go into that, but um, it's a form of attachment where that it's not an organized way of relating, and we're a little bit all over the map.
0: And What does it look like? What is...
2: Well, I'll tell you with kids, again, this is where you know I'm a little hesitant to talk about it a lot without more support for listeners, right? But um, so the kids, I talked about the strain situation where the kids come in, the mom leaves for a few minutes and comes back. So remember secure, the kids go to the door, cry, come back soothed. Preoccupied, go to the door, cry, difficulty so- settling and soothing, dismissive. Uh, you know, those kids look like they don't mind if the mom leaves a little bit, but, but it's more on return. They, they don't run back to the mom. Disorganized, they literally go in circles. The source of their comfort is their pain. So if you almost imagine pivoting, like putting one foot down, and just, I mean, there's literally a picture I have in my mind of a child that is going around in circles. If I go towards you, I get my comfort, but if I go towards you, it's frightening. Okay. So this is related highly to like frightening maternal behavior. So this gets us into another area. So I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time on it. But what I will say is um, it's treatable. It's healable. And so that even if there's trauma, that it's not whether or not there's trauma. It's whether or not it's it's been processed. So what we want is to steer folks um, more into a mode of uh, creating what they call a coherent narrative. And um, the problem with dismissive, I mean, not dismissive, but these disorganized kids and then later adults is that they haven't had enough support. It's not that trauma happened, it's that they didn't have enough support or they didn't, for whatever reason, there was a hitch in getting enough support
0: so maybe like a parent died a parent, and maybe the right. other parent was grieving exactly. so much exactly that a great that no one really right. was able to the tend to the child got missed
2: and so the child learned to cut like to create this personality around it but there's this whole, there's this pocket of pain and so it's so it's not that there's pain it's that it's still a pocket so when you create a coherent narrative you can say You know, up until the age of six, things were this way, you know. It wasn't perfect, but um, we were able to talk through things and blah, blah, blah. And then this happened. I don't mean blah, 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 but um, because actually what a coherent narrative sounds like is that I'm able to keep talking. And again, I think this is getting pretty advanced for where we are, but it's interesting because the way they measure attachment is language. And it's not what you say, but how you say it. So if I'm able to tell you the story of my history but stay connected to you and not get lost in the story or that's one version of um, where things go off or if I just say, it was fine. Yeah, I had a good childhood. My parents were great. What else do you want to know? Right? Like that kind of stiff uh, narrative It's not a coherent narrative. It's Mm -hmm. not complex. It's not believable, right? Like it's, it's, you can feel that that person has an investment in shutting down feeling. So which category is that?
0: That's the disorganized.
2: It's either disorganized or or dismissive. dismissive. Ooh, half five on that girl. (laughs) You're getting it. (laughs) So
0: what you said, a stiff narrative, like, like it, it was great and parents are great.
2: Exactly. So notice that the intention is to get you away from the topic.
0: Attention is to get away from, and that could be Dismissive or disorganized? Well, or that,
2: that particular
0: thing has to do with dismissive. So anything to get away from.
2: Right, because remember, they're like, fine. What's the problem? I don't know why you call me so much.
0: Right, <laughs> right. So what you were saying is, you just said get anything to get away from the problem, right? And 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 that's where you were talking about the disorganized or the dismissive. I, I
2: was mainly talking about dismissive. So, um, what's like? I'm having I don't
0: know why I'm having trouble. You know why I, you're
2: having trouble getting the disorganized? Because it's disorganizing.
0: Interesting. It, so, do you think when true. you're like sometimes what I, I feel like when I'm talking, like when I'm talking to a client, and I feel myself get confused? Yes. And is that kind of a cue that maybe yes. this is a disorganized insecurity? Absolutely. Is that how you would say it, disorganized right. insecurity? Right. I mean, there
2: is supposed to be such a thing. And I think there is such a thing of having a secure base, but then having a disorganized attachment. And that is probably more in the realm of loss. Mm-hmm. Like, things are going pretty well. You have a traumatic loss, brother, so, you know, close, like... A, a traumatic loss that wasn't supported enough because probably of the impact of the loss, as you said. That's an example of like, you could be secure, but then have this this,
0: this loss. What about a move, mm. like, a, like, a, like a move where you're so heartbroken because you've, you're leaving your friends and your parents are like, oh, you know, they're not tending I, to. I think
2: it's less about the event and more about your experience of the event. I think some kids can move and bounce, and other kids, you move and you've taken their secu- you know, like it just it really I think depends. And again, kids with a secure history are much more
1: malleable. Risen, yeah, yeah like
2: you said. they they'll make friends easily, they'll adapt. Um, but if we've got a little hitches move, you know, already, and we have a very very best friend, you know, and then we get ripped away from them, and then we have trouble making new friends, mm-hmm. that's going to be a very different experience. I think it's much less about the external as it is about our representations of the world and our models of is the world safe, is it not safe, which takes us back to security and that Mm. we want to build security and that the part of the brain and the mind that operates with security, it's our heart and our prefrontal, it's our best part of our brain, it's the prefrontal cortex. And secure relationships promote the feeling of predictability and reliability and I can trust my mind and I can trust myself Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I want to keep moving towards is no matter what's happened to you it's possible to create secure attachments and relationships with yourself and with your primary people around you you don't have to be in a primary romantic relationship but most of us need um, a person that we feel special to
0: That makes sense.
2: So thank you very much, Tracy Campbell. We're going to continue the conversations like this on Therapists Uncensored and really help try to get the word out about this super, I think. Was it valuable to you?
0: It was incredibly valuable. <laughs> I mean, really, this, I feel so much more clear on this. Awesome. It's very helpful.
1: So there you have it. Hopefully this better understanding of attachment and insecurities can help you begin to grow security in yourself and your relationships. Come back for more episodes of Therapist Uncensored to continue this conversation and others. Check us out at therapistsuncensored.com for show notes, more episodes, blogs, and more. Also, as always, please share and subscribe to our podcast. And to really help us out, leave comments or ratings for us so we know how we're doing. Until next time.
2: Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly, Patty Allwell, and Sue Marriott. Cameron Lindsay edits the show.